Bazaar is a podcast that deals with mature subject matter that some listeners may find offensive or upsetting. The Bazaar is not recommended for any listeners under 18 years of age. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to The Bazaar. I'm so sorry, Pluto. She like stuck her head right into like into where I was clapping. Pluto, (laughs) you literally had one job, and that was just to get the fuck out of the way. I'm sorry, baby. Oh no. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. But um, (laughs) I'm glad that Hades is okay because yeah, he's. I mean, issues are real right now. He's okay for now, I guess. He just. I was very worried about him yesterday because he was just being a real big slug um, for those. For those of you at home, I was just explaining that I had to take Hades to the vet yesterday and it cost me a pretty penny. Fur children are expensive and I know that should go without saying, but like you forget about like the, the rush to the vet dire expenses and what that's like. Like not only, not only rush to the vet, but like I had to take a day off work for it. Like I had to. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a whole day off. Yeah. But oh, he's okay. He just he's sleeping on my lap. So know that if you're listening to this right now, you've uh, got prime Hades cuddles happening. You've tuned in to 2021 at the correct time because this episode <laughs> is going up literally on on New Year's. Hell day. yeah! How did your holidays go? Did you did you watch anything good? I know you watched Star Wars. I caught yes. your Instagram story of you binge watching oh, the prequels. No, that wasn't shamelessly. <laughs> so this is the thing. So I have a holiday tradition. Um, it's just a me tradition. It is not a family tradition. My mom hates that I do this every year. Um, but I <laughs> every single year on Christmas Day watch all three of the original trilogy of Star Wars. I've done it for like four or five years now. Before I did that, it would be the Doctor Who marathon and the Doctor Who Christmas special because that was always on on Sci-Fi. So obviously, I was going to do it. Wait, there's a Doctor this, Who. I don't. I don't. Space Channel. Know. Never sorry. mind. It's. I don't even. Yeah, they have like a. They do a. They do a normal season, or they used to every year. It would be a normal season, and then Doctor Who Christmas mm-hmm. special, and it would always air on Christmas Day after a marathon of Doctor Who. But, like, what happens on the Christmas special? Does he just, like, save Santa? Like, I don't understand. It's just, like, it's a Christmas-themed episode, usually. Sometimes they're, like, the big... Oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes it's, like, actually a big, like, when he uh, regenerates and stuff, usually. Or, like, right before he does or anything like that. It's They're usually standalone, but also sometimes can be big plot points. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I was gonna say I know it was like a huge deal when there is like a f- was there a female doctor this season? Yes, Jodie Whittaker. She's the first female okay. doctor. Short blonde hair. I know that the coat that she wore like sold out everywhere. Yeah. Um, or styles like it. It was like a huge deal. Um, um yeah. That was she. Cool. For all y'all true crime fans out there, which you probably are since you're listening to this, she was mm-hmm. actually in Broadchurch. Um, I thought I recognized her. I thought I recognized her. I just could never place it because I've never really watched Broadchurch, but Mm. like I constantly like would come across it in like recommendations. Mm -hmm. Speaking of recommendations, this is not a new film. This is not like one of those like hidden gem films. This is a film that truly everybody knows about, but you know what I'm going to sit down on my ass and watch tonight? Gone Girl, because I haven't watched it in a long time. Hmm. And I feel like clapping for her. 
I've yeah. never watched it. You know what? It's just fun to watch Ben Affleck stressed for two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's, I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. But like, I read the book, so I'm, like, I'm very familiar with it. Big fan of uh, the author. Is it Gillian Flynn? Gillian Flynn? Right? Something like that. Same person who wrote Sharp Objects, I'm pretty sure. Um, which is also a great... It was, it was, I think it was also limited series earlier on this year. I don't know. I can't keep track of all the TV shows that were rushed out of production in 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> for all of us to, like, partake in. Um, I have a fun thing for you. Um, fun thing slash painful thing for our viewers. Um, I was gifted this um, card pack. It's, um, oh. it's called, I know... It's, it's very, for those who can't see, she just went, oh, because it's like very, it's like metallic, almost like a mirror. It is. And it's from the company, I don't know if you've come across it, Morgan, it's called We're Not Really Strangers. No. And it's a self-awareness slash self-reflection card pack for you to like ask yourself questions. Oh, God. And yeah. That it's sounds. It's pretty, pretty deep. Like for example, <sighs> um, <laughs> I'm going to pull a card. And hold on, that's one I've already read. I don't want to pull that one. Okay. How would I describe my relationship with myself in one word? So those are the kind of questions it freaking asks you. Oh, I um, hate that. So it's like journaling prompts and things to like think about because I've really tried. I'm, I, I like everybody else right now. I'm suffering with my mental health. Um, sorry, it's the sound of me putting the cards away. And I was... I was talking to my parents about it and I was like, I just am losing steam in terms of uh, quote unquote, like hustling to self care and like self reflect and like be open and like all that shit. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do when you like live alone and there's, I know this sounds very lazy, but there's no one pushing you and it's kind of just, it's just you like all the time doing it. So I was like, okay, I need something to push me. And then I got these cards and they will definitely push me perhaps over the edge. I'm not sure, but (laughs) I am, I'm grateful and excited to use them. That's exciting. Yeah, no, I think, I think everyone right now is kind of at the end of their rope in terms of knowing how to handle themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here at the bazaar, we are not experts in, are we experts in anything? No. No, no. Um, (laughs) no. It's our new tagline. I was trying to think of something funny, but I can't even. Experts of none. No, we're not. Morgan and I are just trying. We're just trying shit out. We're just seeing how it goes. Oh my God. Honestly, yeah. No, but. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, it does seem like no, that seems like a really cool introspective thing to have to help you like really think about yourself. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to face that, you know? No, I'm not ready to face it. I'm cho- I'm a coward. I'm a big coward. But so while you were watching the prequels, I was crying over this card deck, and that's mm. where we're at. Oh, I see. No, I will I just want to clear up though that I did not 
purposefully put on the prequels, although I would. Um, I watched the original trilogy on Christmas, and then for the next four days at work, the TV in the break room was playing a Star Wars marathon on loop for four days. The sci-fi so channel. So at some point you would catch all of them then just in the literally at some point. Um the the sci-fi channel was playing the Skywalker saga which is basically all three sets like all three trilogies together. The trilogy right. of trilogies if you will. Um they played <laughs> the prequels and then today they were playing the original trilogy again. So I caught the end of um uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Good for you. Yeah. It's Honestly, that sounds like a really well, well spent. Oh, it was amazing. Endeavor. No one else at work seemed to care, and they kept making fun of me because I would literally stop in my tracks to just watch scenes from the movie before I went about my day. But um, listen, sometimes <laughs> you just sometimes the scene is really all you need, especially yeah. when it's a film that you've seen like a million times. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes that's just straight up what you need. So. Mm-hmm. As someone who worked at a movie theater for three years and, like, lived off of just randomly walking into theaters and watching, like, a scene from a movie and then leaving. Did you work at a Cineplex? I did work at a Cineplex, yes. Okay, so you know how they have to wear those badges? Like, what was your favorite movie that you put on, like, your tag? So, we weren't actually allowed to do that because a guy at my work said that his favorite movie was Human Centipede. So, (gasps) we got banned from using those. (laughs) <laughs> he's I'm like what upset. it is <laughs> oh my god she, uh, is that man okay it was a joke it was a joke but they didn't like that it was a joke so they wouldn't let us put our names or our favorite movies on the uh, name tags which honestly is for the best because i don't know that i would have been able to definitively put one on my name tag because i don't want people to ask me about that you know yeah that's fair that's fair. Then it's like, is this weird? Like sometimes I remember when I used to work like customer service, I just, I would do the whole small talk thing. But if a conversation would linger with like somebody, I would just be like, please, can we end this now? Oh yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, can we not do this? sometimes uh. you really vibe with a customer, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, usually you want them to leave, you know? Yep. Yep. So customers everywhere. <laughs> now, you know, you're welcome. All right. Well, it's it's your go this week, technically. Speaking. I am. After our special Christmas endeavor. <laughs> yes, I hope you all enjoyed that. Morgan, you sounded like you were doing ASMR, and it was fantastic. I, I don't know. I don't know how to talk <laughs> without someone else to bounce off of. So I was like, "Do I? Mm-hmm. Shall I perform?" <sighs> Shall I perform? Shall I perform? Shall I perform for the audience? Um, so imagine that I was reading I that uh, in a nightgown and cap by candlelight. You know, <laughs> I did picture you at a very large desk with like a leather-bound book, ooh. and I was like, "Ooh, she's gonna spin some truths for us." Actually, I take that back. Picture me. Picture me recording that episode in a. Um, yeah, in a in a lar- at a large desk in a leather bound chair, leather back chair, whatever you want to call it, dressed in my best, um, very fresh widow of a rich rich husband getup. 
you know, like the, oh, my husband's dead? Who did it? How? Like, well, how is this possible? Long, silky, like, nightgown, kimono thing. Nice. Yeah. I was at a work party last night, and I had somebody tell me that I give off that vibe. I give off that vibe, and I give off, like, um, slightly pissed off professor vibes, and I'm like, both of those are applicable to my life currently. Um, nice. Nice. I was the greatest compliment I could have ever received. Uh, So, yeah, this week I have to ask who died, what happened, what's being haunted, what went missing, who went missing. What are we talking about this week? So this week, I thought um, that we could start off the new year um, with my favorite topic, um, ooh, my goodness, the microphone just <laughs> threw itself towards just me. Just attacked you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought we could start off the new year with my favorite topic. Start 2021. Listen, we've been doing a lot of close to home stories, right? We've been doing a we lot have. of Canadian true crime. We've been doing a lot that, of yes. Toronto centric things. Mm-hmm. But I thought, How far can we get on the opposite end of things? How far away from home can we get? And then I realized... Oh, nice. Space. (laughs) The final frontier. (laughs) How much further can you get from a hometown than somewhere barely anyone has been? Are we talking about UFOs? Have after like 62, 63, I don't know, 400 episodes, we finally come to this point of UFOs? Like this is where we're at? Listen, UFOs might be featured, but that's, that's not, okay. the, that's not the pull here. I um, can handle, I can handle a, a strong feature of UFOs. All right. I think. Um, I'm going to start off with a little, uh, a little exercise for Alicia and the the listeners. <laughs> Are you going to get me to do like an, what is it like an ink, ink blot test or something? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's just a simple, uh, you can call it a path working, a meditation. A, uh, you're just visualizing. All right. Fantastic. Love me some visualization. All right. So I want you to close your eyes and All imagine right. for a moment that you're floating mm-hmm. inside a spaceship Hundreds of miles above the Earth's atmosphere. Okay. You're surrounded by nothing but the soundless vacuum of space. Somewhere we as humans have only dipped our toes in, and very few have ever been. The only sound that accompanies you on your lone mission into space is the whirring of the machinery that is keeping you alive and safe. As you orbit the place we call home, you make the rightful assumption that you are completely alone. But then you hear it. A knock at the door. (laughs) Is it Chris Hemsworth? (laughs) Hello? Is that my Uber? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Is that that my sweet and sour chicken and spring rolls? (laughs) Is this Uber space? (laughs) I feel like Elon Musk could figure that out for us. Probably. Uh, that is the creepiest intro ever, and I am so intrigued. So, um, yeah. I'm sure what... Oh, my goodness. Hades. <laughs> Hades, Hades is into it. His, his he balls looks are like, just... 
on the camera. <laughs> he looks like an alien. He wants to be involved. This um, episode is about Morgan's hairless cat. Yes. Um, what? How on brand for us to have just an increasingly creepy introduction and then immediately shatter the ambiance? <laughs> we have no like, <laughs> we have no mystique. That's not how. That's not how we do things. Um. So <laughs> obviously, what I just kind of told as a story is terrifying to think of, and something sounds mm. like something that you would get out of like a creepy pasta. Or like an R slash horror stories post or something like that. But what I just described to you is supposedly a true story. So you don't often think about ghosts or horror when you think about being in space outside of like films like Apollo 19 or Event Horizon. Um, I don't know. Alien fucked me up. I'm Or Alien. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was crazy. Yeah. But um, from... Yeah. So Alien, Apollo 19, Event Horizon, all of those like horror movie space things, you're, you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's, that's a movie. Um, however, from the knocks on the outside of a spaceship to mysterious alien music playing out into the void... There have been a handful of stories from a variety of astronauts that can either be explained away as a side effect of space travel in isolation, or it could be that outer space is a little bit more populated than what we once thought. Okay, so you're saying there's space ghosts? I'm saying there might be space ghosts. Oh, incredible. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to 2021. We have space ghosts. We have space ghosts. Um, You're I, welcome. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about, I I just learned about this stuff like recently, but like I put together a couple of, I did some searching and I put together a couple of, uh, call it an anthology series, if you will, a couple of short little stories from astronauts that have been in space that who have experience some form of paranormal or alien life happening out there in space because listen we can talk about we can talk about how many people have walked outside in their backyard and been like "Ooh, i saw a ufo or (laughs) i think i saw a suspiciously green person walking along the forest you know but yeah We're talking about people who have years of physics and, like, astronaut training. Like, the smartest people swearing up and down. I was going to say, like, like those are the people who are, like, to me, in my mind, this could be a very, like, stupid comment. But to me, astronauts are the exact opposite of, like, conspiracy theorists. Like, they're the most logical medically like physically emotionally sound people that were like absolutely have your shit together now let's exactly. put you in space like exactly they, yes they don't believe in fairies like they are yeah. fully logical people yeah they have to believe in the science that is literally taking them into outer space they're the only people that know for a fact like conspiracies aren't real you know like they know that the earth isn't flat they know that outer space exists like things like that like they know that because they've seen it they've literally seen they've been outside of our like atmosphere and has have seen the things that some people think are just complete lies so yeah i don't know i trust them but um i do as well with that being said 
I thought uh, we can get into our first little story. Um, so, in 2003, Yang Luei uh, became the first Chinese astronaut to go into space. He was aboard the Shenzhou 5, one of multiple Shenzhou voyages that would happen in the following years and the years prior. Um, and on one silent and lonely night on October 16th, 2003, uh, he heard a strange banging outside of his space shuttle. As he described it, it sounded like someone knocking on the body of the spaceship just as just as they were knocking on an iron bucket with a wooden hammer. And he says that it neither came from outside nor inside the spaceship. <laughs> Sorry, so... It didn't come from outside or inside? He apparently, according to him, he, he says that it didn't, it wasn't coming from inside and it didn't sound like it was just coming from the outside of the spaceship. It literally sounded like it was someone hitting the spaceship. Okay, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but like, did he push someone out? <laughs> no, he was alone. Mm-hmm, like Lee's mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> But here's the kicker. So you could easily be like, oh, like just something on the outside, like whatever, you don't know, space is huge. But the scientific fact of it is that space is a vacuum. So sound needs a medium to pass through it, such as air or water. And we know that there is no air in space. So any sound that was being made outside of the spacecraft would have had to have been done like in a contained environment, like it, it wouldn't have been possible. You right. can't hear, you can't hear anything in space. That's right. Cause isn't there a horror movie where it's like in space, no one can hear you scream. Like yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Louise eerie claims could have been seen as dubious. People thought maybe he was just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. playing it up, making it sound like some, like, creepy alien encounter had happened. But apparently, uh, after his flight, uh, subsequent Shenzhou 5 and 6 missions to space, two other Chinese astronauts heard the exact same knocking. So, arguably, it could just be the build of the spaceship. But it could, there could be something faulty in the walls. I'm saying that to be the most logical person ever. And then we, we all know that I'm not that person. Yeah. But also like you think that maybe, especially in 2003 at this point, you wouldn't be able to get all the way to space if your spaceship was making knocking noises by itself. Like that sounds like something is wrong. I was going to say, is there a person whose job would be like, hmm, let's make sure there's no strange sound. Exactly. Exactly. But can you imagine just sitting there alone in space and just hearing mm-hmm. banging coming from outside? No, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good, thanks. And not to mention the fact that there was no proof of any damage done to the outside of the uh, spaceship. So there was, so the idea that it might have been like a rock or like space debris is probably unlikely because there would have been damage done there would have been scuff marks there would have been something i don't like this morgan i don't like where this is going yeah he also said that um 
Yang also said that uh, apparently he looked outside when the banging was happening and there was nothing there. Love it. So that's our first little spooky space story. Um, Yang, my friend, did he, if I was this guy, I would never go back into space after this. Because that would, like, how long was he out there that this was happening all the time? I don't know. Like, yeah, how do you even question. deal with that? Right? Because that would drive me insane. That would literally, like, I get spooked when I, like, think I hear something in the middle of the night and can't sleep for the rest of the night. Can you imagine being literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles outside of Earth, outside of any living being that you know, with no way of getting anywhere, and thinking something is trying to get inside? <laughs> Like that's terrifying. Like that's terrifying. It's like, uh, I'm okay. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> so the next one um, is uh, is a story that comes from Apollo 10, um, which was one of the um, shuttle missions that happened before the moon landing. Um, it was the um, it was the one that. Uh, words. It was the one that uh, they had just orbiting the moon as opposed to actually landing because for reasons solely based on the purpose that I just like to talk about space. Um, That's I'm fair. sure. I mean, we've, we've talked about the whole story. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, they had obviously before, um, before the moon landing, um, you have a bunch of... Um, Space, space missions that were like, can we get people out to space? Can we have multiple people in space? Can we get to the moon? Can we fly around the moon? Can we sustain, like, can we even stay around the moon for long enough? Um, but yeah. I like to talk about the uh, Gemini space mission or Gemini space missions because I am a Gemini. Um, and oh, Okay, I was going to be like, where is this going? <laughs> And they were all based around whether or not two or more people could be in space together and work together and not kill each other. So love that. <laughs> love that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so it was 1969. So sorry, I just brain farted. Like, <laughs> 1969. <laughs> you just uh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, girl. <laughs> 196, so in 1969, uh, four days after they had shot up into space, American astronauts Tom Stafford, Gene Kernan, and John Young um, were on the far side of the moon while f- uh, photographing craters and sipping grape juice, apparently, which is nice. <laughs> That's three, such a combination, can right? I just say. That just, is... Orbiting well around done. the moon, taking photos, sipping some grape juice. <laughs> um, apparently, the three astronauts began to hear a weird, described to them or described by them as otherworldly organized noise coming from their headsets. And it happened for one full hour. Um, a conversation had between them was uh, boy, that sure is weird music. We're going to have to find out about that nobody will believe us are uh, direct quotes that they apparently said <laughs> ah! um 
<laughs> and after decades, the music was still a mystery um, until people started to speculate and explain that it was probably just radio interference that was emanating from different spacecrafts or bouncing off of a satellite. However, one would think that three seasoned astronauts would be used to strange happenings like that in space and not consider something out of the ordinary um, and know the difference between, oh, it's radio frequency and this is organized sound that is happening for an hour straight that sounds like music. It's also 1969 and radio signals are not that strong. <laughs> I don't like this. At all, can I just say? <laughs> when I, I was never one of those kids that was like, oh, you know what? I really want to be an astronaut. I never had that at, like, at all. So, like, for me, I just don't... I, I get the whole, like, let's save the planet, let's go see what's out there, explorer shit, but you could not pay me enough money to get into one of those things and be like, go off into something we don't understand and stay there by yourself. Absolutely not. Well, you could bring some friends. <laughs> I No, no, because you know what? You end up hating those friends after. So what you you're saying... You do not leave that situation as friends. So what you're saying is you didn't buy tickets to the 2021 Mars Space Shuttle. Oh, fuck no. Which, by the way, that's coming up very soon. Do you think maybe they overshot on the time or undershot on the time? <laughs> <laughs> Where was that before COVID? Yeah. Those people could have got out before the oh pandemic. My God. God, yeah, that's what's going to happen now. They're going to like speed track the thing to Mars and then just we'll live on Mars now. That's how we get away from you know, COVID. They would really have to knock me out with so many drugs in order to get me to leave the planet. Like, <laughs> that's very I fair. would have to be out cold. No, that's fair. Um, all right. So we've gone through knocks on the door. We've gone through weird spacey music. Next, we're going to talk about Neil Armstrong. Our fave astronaut... Neil. First Come man off. to walk on the moon. No, wait. Second man to walk on the moon. Buzz Aldrin was the first man to walk on, walk on the moon. No, I thought Neil Armstrong was the first and Buzz was the second. Oh, maybe. I did a project on this in the fifth grade. I would know. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, am I right? You know oh, you're right. Shit. Oh, shit. I just, God, I don't know why guys, I thought I it was the other way I learned something around. in science. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the only thing I retained. Nice. From elementary school is that fact. <laughs> Um, Ooh, you're welcome. <laughs> so you, you know, his like whole step, stepping onto the moon spiel, you know, the words are plastered across the internet for man, that thing. Yeah. One giant leap for mankind. Yeah. The internet <laughs> has the, you can find it plastered over the internet in books everywhere. Like it, it's everyone knows it. Right. And, uh, but according to retired chief of NASA communication system, Maurice, uh, Chatelaine, he, uh, wrote in his book, Our Cosmic Ancestors, published in 1975, that only moments before Armstrong stepped down the ladder to set foot on the moon, um, apparently two UFOs hovered overhead and Edwin Aldrin took several pictures of them. Some of these photographs have been published in the June 1975 issue of Modern People magazine. Um, and apparently there were two minutes of radio silence after Armstrong set foot on the moon 
and NASA claimed one of two television cameras had overheated, disrupting the reception. Um, and they have never been able to place anything that was said between him first actually stepping on the moon and the, you know, one small step for mankind. Um, but apparently people who um, were there and heard him said that his exact wording was, these babies are huge, sir. Enormous. Oh God, you wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you, there are other spacecrafts out here lined up on the far side of the crater's edge. They're on the moon watching us. He was able to say all of that. And then what they took from that was one small, one small step. step. Well, there was two minutes of radio silence before he actually, they actually got to him saying that whole thing. So oh in that two God. minutes, apparently that's what he said. Um, and we all know Neil Armstrong kept his lips sh- sealed tightly shut right up until his death in 2012. So we'll never know for sure, but enough credible people corroborate that in 1969, we not only landed on the moon, but on one of the most significant extraterrestrial encounters of all time. Don't a lot of people also think that the moon landing did not happen? Yeah, there's a lot of people who think the moon landing didn't happen. I'd like to think it happened, because if it didn't happen, then I know nothing, and everything is unsure. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I feel like if the moon landing really didn't happen, then that just opens up, like... All right, Hades. Um, That opens up, like... (laughs) the window to like nothing is real all conspiracies are re- true like if if i find out that the moon landing didn't happen i think in my brain that means that like we really are in a simulation and nothing outside of this world exists you know yeah yeah i agree i agree <laughs> we're in the matrix i exactly. i think the matrix broke the second covid happened and mm-hmm. also the fact that, does anyone remember that killer bees were slightly a thing at the beginning of 2020 yeah what happened to them are they just laying low <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's all related. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, all right. So we're done with the, I think, maybe the American stories. Um, now let's move yeah, on. Get the Americans out of here. I'm done uh, with them. Whatever. Now let's move on to Russia. <laughs> oh, good. And listen, we know how serious Russians are, so they can't be lying, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I like. Here's the thing. Okay, they wouldn't lie about come and kill me. I just I don't know if they're like the first person I would trust. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. I just don't think that they're like they might lie about like real political things, but I don't think that they would go around lying about shit like we heard a spooky voice. You know, (laughs) like that's true. That just I don't actually think they'd give a shit if they heard a spooky voice. I don't think they would care at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I think they would just be like, yeah, no, it was ghost. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was extraterrestrial. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what else I don't you know. Want to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, uh, and here's my favorite part about Russian astronauts, which they're not called astronauts; they're called cosmonauts, which I oh just think is so much cooler than an astronaut. Cosmonaut. Okay, Russian. Russia does things that are so much cooler. Like, think about it. You'd rather be, like, a Russian spy than, like, an American spy. You'd rather be, like, a Russian astronaut also because they're just, they're more, they're a little bit more badass. That's all I'm going to say. 
Yeah. Right? Terrifying, but badass, yes. The fear that they instill just out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, so, on May 5th, 1981, USSR hero cosmonaut Major General Vladimir Kovelinok not going to pronounce that's any a, of these Russian that's names. That's an incredible name. <laughs> um, was just finished doing some outer space exercising in the Silut Orbital Space Station. When I want to know what that looks like. Right? When he looked out a porthole. Traveling alongside the station, he witnessed something inexplicable. Unlike in America, Kovalinok was openly expressive about what he saw, describing it as uh, describing it at a Moscow press conference when he came back to Earth. Um, and this is what he said. Many cosmonauts have seen phenomena which are far beyond the experiences of Earthmen. For 10 years, I never spoke on such things. The encounter you ask me about happened on May 5th, 1981, at about 6 p.m., during the Salute mission. At that time, we were over the area of South Africa, moving towards the area of the Indian Ocean. I just made some gymnastic exercises. <laughs> cool. Of course, because he's Russian. Yeah. When I saw in front of me through a porthole an object which I could not explain. I saw this object and then something happened that I could not explain. Something impossible according to the laws of physics. The object had this shape, elliptical, and few with us. I don't know if that's... A proper phrasing, my guy, but I guess he is Russian, so I'm I'm there with him. I get it. I'm there with him. Yeah. Um uh, from uh, a frontal view, it looked like it would only rotate in the flight direction and it only flew straight. But then a kind of explosion happened, very beautiful to watch, of a golden light. This was the first part. Then one or two seconds later, a second explosion followed somewhere else, and two spheres appeared, golden and very beautiful. After this explosion, I just saw white smoke, then a cloud-like sphere. Before we entered the darkness, we flew through the Terminator, the twilight zone between day and night. <laughs> I don't know what that means, and it makes me laugh Sorry, every time you, I read I it. I just thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> Is he also out there? Yeah. Oh, God. What? Russians we, are weird. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Um, we flew eastwards and when we entered the darkness of Earth's shadow, I could not see them any longer. The two spheres had never returned. It sounds like he's just talking about an eclipse, but I know nothing about space. Yeah, to me it sounds like he might have, like, been catching, like, the glare of the Earth or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> We've already established that we're not experts at anything. Yeah. Um... So maybe nobody should take this, like, seriously. <laughs> but, um, in... September um, of last year, I believe, writing for Space.com, American astronaut Leroy Chiao noted that it would be the height of arrogance to believe that we are alone. Um, and in 2005, he was commander of the International Space Station for six and a half months. Um, while installing antennas 230 miles above Earth, he witnessed something he has yet to understand. Um, I saw some lights that seemed to be in a line. It was almost like an upside down check mark. He told the Huffington Post this and then said, I saw them fly by and thought it was awfully strange. 
Some theorized that those lights were simply those of a fishing boat hundreds of miles down, shooting upwards, which just... I can't imagine a fishing boat gives off that much light. <laughs> I'm just picturing the most, like, small-ass fishing boat of life. Like, there's no way. Yeah. But these two guys, one American, one Russian, both alike in dignity, um, <laughs> both saw these weird lights in space. One in 1980 and one in 2005. Um, so who knows? That's space is it's like the ocean, right? Like they're so incredibly vast and unknown. It freaks me out. Yeah. Um, So uh, another one, Soviet astronaut Musa Marinov spent 541 days in space during his career, which is that's over a year. That's almost two years. (laughs) Nah, nah, I'm not going. That's that. (laughs) That's all different for me. Yeah. Um, one day in 1991, uh, he was en route to the MIR space station when he got a cigar-shaped UFO on camera. For two full minutes, he watched as it lit up at certain moments and then spiraled through the cosmos. Uh, They say in space that you can't really tell whether something is super close up or far away. And since uh, since you have literally no frame of reference, you can't tell the size of an object because there is nothing to compare it with. Which is a terrifying thought in itself. I yeah, because it's like you can't. So they they spend all this time training these people to make sure they're like the most like sound mind and sound body they can be. And they send them out to an environment where you literally cannot believe anything you see or hear. Mm hmm. Um, But the question is, so this guy, like, adamantly denies that the UFO was just, like, space junk or anything. Like, he swears that it was something real. Um, But would you or wouldn't you trust a man who broke the record for the longest continuous time spent in space? Like, what does that give to his credibility? Does it it show, like, no, he knows his space? Or does it, you know... I uh, think he's been out there for too long. Like, I think for sure... (laughs) I think there's something to be gained from this man being out there for so long. But also, can we just acknowledge what this person has lost for being out there for that amount of time? There's no way he's coming back a a complete person. I No, that's like putting someone up in like the Arctic by themselves, like for that long. They're not coming back the same dude. No, no. Um, I think it would actually be worse if he came back the exact same person. I'd be like, how do you how does that not affect you? Yeah. Um, so one of the, uh, this is the second last one, which is arguably one of the funniest. I'm excited. So uh, Dr. Story Musgrave, which by the way. That's a fake name. That's a (laughs) fake name. There's no way. Story Musgrave. What? Morgan, you have to name your first child that. Story? That exact. Yes. Story Musgrave. Like that's the middle name. Musgraves is the middle name. Story Musgraves McLaughlin. Nice, I'll do it. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, so he has six academic degrees. He's a physician and a mathematician, and he was in the Marine Corps. He's also a NASA astronaut who shares the record with the most space flights at six. Yes. Is he also a virgin? <laughs> That's a good question. 
I don't know. Let's, I don't know. let's read and find out. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I don't think we find out. Um, I don't think we find out, but judging on his activities, I don't think he had time. Yeah, fucking nerd. <laughs> oh my god, we're, just, we're the worst. Um, so he uh basically has a LinkedIn account that would make you feel like shit, you know? I, I already do. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> um so along with all of that, he boasts that the most colorful or sorry, he boasts the most colorful UFO story ever told. Um so in nineteen ninety four he had an interview where he spoke about his sighting. On two of my missions, and I still don't have an answer, I have seen a snake out there. Six, seven, eight feet long. It is rubbery because it has internal waves in it, and it follows you for a rather long period of time. The more you fly in space, the more you see an incredible amount of things out there, and that sort of thing brings to you, really, a certainty that other living creatures are out there. I'm sorry. So just like a snake just like slithered on by his window out in the middle of space? A nine-foot-long space snake, baby. <laughs> But why hasn't anyone talked about this before? Like, why? There should be samples. What is going on? It just follows you around, man. Maybe he's lonely. I think Disney needs to pick up this story. I think there's like a new Pixar film somewhere in this. Yeah. Um, So when asked what exactly he believes is out there, Musgrave gave his answer. Living creatures far more developed as civilizations. They've been around for hundreds of millions of years and we can't even conceive how advanced they are and the kinds of things that they're doing. That's why I make an effort to communicate and might be considered eccentric because I do, because I know the probabilities are close to zero. But I do tell them to come down and get me. <laughs> that makes it sound like he wants to fight them. He became <laughs> like, best come friends. come down and get me. He became best friends with that space snake, and he just wants Listen, it back. You know, <laughs> this is the highlight of his life. He peaked then, and the rest is just a slow decline. Do you think maybe he had, like, cataracts? <laughs> I was going to say, like, like it could be, is like, it a maybe like a light. Yeah, is it maybe something wrong with your, uh, yeah, with <laughs> with your eyeball, Cause, man? Because my peripheral vision's so bad that sometimes I think I see shit in the corner of my eyes, and yeah. I'm like, oh, no, sometimes, I'm blind. Sometimes when I look up at the sky, I just have little floaters in my eyes. Space snakes. Space um. snakes. Like, maybe he accidentally <laughs> looked directly at the sun, you know? Can we make 2021 the year of space snakes? Space snakes. <laughs> I think at this point it's what the world needs. Oh, God, yeah. Um, You're so welcome, world. Our last story to round us off is um, about Gordon Cooper, who was apparently a cool-headed, soft-spoken southern gentleman. <laughs> nice. Um, he has flown the Mercury 9 and the Gemini 5, and he was the last American to spend time in space alone. So he was also the recipient of more than one UFO sighting, which is a strange way to put it, but sure. Um, Why the recipient? Isn't well, he just you know, like a They gave it to him. You know, they, they gave the, no, the aliens gave him the ability to see it, you know? Oh, okay. It's a <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So in 1951, while flying with the Air Force, he and other pilots witnessed a vast armada of UFOs flying in a formation at extremely high altitudes. Um, and this would be his first encounter, but not his last. 
So a decade later, in May of 1963, Cooper was shot into space aboard a Mercury capsule for a circum circumnavigational trip around the world. And on his final orbit, while passing over Perth, he noticed a glowing green object jolt towards him at a high rate of speed. The object was real, at least according to the um, Muchia tracking station in Western Australia, which also picked it up on a radar. Cooper reported that the incident, uh, Cooper reported the incident to the National Broadcasting Company, and when he landed, NBC reports told him that they couldn't question him about the sighting, and they didn't have any answers. That one seems the most real to me, you know? I'm I out of I like how you went from like least plausible to most in these stories. If Alicia, I must give my review of this episode. Alicia, are you telling me that the second most plausible story in this is space snakes? <laughs> no <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know what? I I'm gonna believe what I wanna believe, okay? Because I'd rather believe in a space snake than a space ghost, and that's where I'm at. You know what? That's okay. Fair. That's fair. That's where I'm at mentally. At the we're recording this at the end of 2020, the cusp. Okay, the very end of it, and I am I've lost my mind this year. So you know what? If I'm going out of 2020, being like space snakes are it. That's where I'm at. Honestly, yeah. Um, but just my, to it's my next tattoo. Just to leave <laughs> this story off. Um, while most of these may be explained away as space phenomena or like the psycholo- like the psychological effects of being, you know, in zero gravity alone for long periods of time, mm-hmm. um, considering the list of deaths made in an attempt to get to space or even in space itself, if ghosts exist, why wouldn't they also be in space? That's fair, but like... Ghosts don't need oxygen. Not- but like not a lot of... Argue, okay, someone can fight me on this, but haven't more people died on Earth than in oh, space? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what are the odds? But not to mention the countless animals that were jettisoned into space against their will and perished for Ooh. the sake of science. Would they not okay, be vengeful? Ghost, ghost <laughs> space chimpanzees. Yeah, chimps, the dog, the first living creature that was ever sent into space was that Russian dog. Oh, my God. I still can't believe they did that. Um, wouldn't they want to send a message? Like, come on. Um, dog didn't deserve that. Yeah. Um, but obviously these are all just speculative horror stories about space. But the funny thing is, is that even more terrifying and bizarre stories about space are the ones that are like genuinely known and scientific facts. Like the fact that mobile black holes exist and they're just moving around. Or um, the this one... This one I was reading, and this creeps me the fuck out. The Kessler effect is the theory that a single destructive event in low Earth orbit could create a cascade where satellites break up into tiny fragments, taking out other satellites and breaking them up into even smaller fragments and so on, until the Earth is completely surrounded by a massive cloud of tiny flying death shrapnel, which would make leaving the planet almost impossible. Happy 2021, everybody. <laughs> That's where we're going. <laughs> we like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You thought 2020 was bad. Buckle up, bitches, because here comes the Kessler effect, everybody. Oh. But anyway, that's where, that's where I'll end my story. I thought oh we'd start God. out. I thought we'd start out uh, 
2021 with less about how horrible the Earth is and more about how possibly horrible <laughs> space could be. <laughs> hey, we might you have it bad Earth down here. Bad. We might have it bad down here, but at least we don't have floating snakes. Am I right? Oh my god watch on the news they're gonna be like and we've discovered that now snakes can fly like that is i'm checking out i i'm done i'm done i'm good if snakes start flying i'm good like i think i'm just gonna call it a day that's it i need to know how they would even do that you know like I'm they don't have bat wings they don't I'm have limbs to begin with wings but, but they just fully sprout like the wings. Like, I don't know how. Okay, I don't know how COVID even happened. I don't even like, at this point, anything is possible. The wings on the snake would have to be so large if the snake was long. Like, it would almost have to be the same size as the snake. So like, basically, dragons are going to happen this year. <gasps> yeah. Snakes grow legs, become lizards, gain wings, become dragons. dragons. There You're we welcome, everybody. We just we see. I'm okay with. Dragons. I'm okay with that kind of flying snake. You know, I think it really could. I think it could. Like we could do like Dragon Olympics. We could do so many things. Uh, forget airplanes and air pollution. Dragons are the solution. No more Amazon like mail like over like the planes. You know, mail carriers. No pollution there. Why? Dragon. Dragons. Dragons. You're dragons. welcome, everybody. We just solved. We just dragons. solved the climate crisis through dragons. Dragons, the space, the space snakes of Earth. <laughs> and with that, I think I think we call it a call it an episode. I am so sorry. <laughs> I love this. All right, this has been the bazaar, everybody. Uh-huh. Episodes come out every Friday without fail. If you thought that our Christmas episode was at all what we do normally, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So if you join <laughs> for that, show. thinking that you were going to get this cool ASMR experience about murderers, lies. No, no, no. I just In really wanted to give a, a quick, swift kick to anyone who thought that. Um, <laughs> to anyone who thought we were quality, who's laughing now? It's us. It's only us. <laughs> Uh...